0: So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please navigate to secondwindcollective.com for more info. Again, that's secondwindcollective.com. Bill here. Uh, It is about 90 degrees out, and I apologize in advance for the cicadas that you might be able to hear in the background. But before we get to our regularly scheduled episode, I did want to take some time to briefly talk about an event I attended called BitBash. Now, BitBash is an indie game expo held here in Chicago. Uh, It took place at Threadless's warehouse, and it was a demonstration of a number of different independent games, uh, most of which I'd never heard of before as well as just a a get-together for people to uh, talk about games, uh, to eat, drink, Uh, there was live music. Uh, I was really glad I got to attend this year because they had had it last year, and I had unfortunately not gotten a ticket in time It was sold out. But I hopefully they'll be able to run this for many years to come because it was a really positive experience for me and uh, heartening to see the video game community putting all of their energy into such a positive endeavor. Uh, When I got there... I was really struck by how full the room was. Uh, Every corner of the room pretty much was locked up in lines of people waiting to play games. Like I said, most of them I had never heard of before. And I know if you listen to this podcast, I've heard of a fair number of games, but these ones, most of them haven't been released yet. Most of them are in alpha or beta, and we were playing demos, perhaps, for the first time of these games. Thankfully, each station was attended to by a helpful volunteer who explained the rules of each game and how it should be controlled. Uh, If you were fortunate, you might even meet the designer of these games. I I saw a few of them tooling around, and I got to talk to one. It was really nice to put a face to these games, where as many of the games we play are made by companies, and it's extremely rare to know the individual coders or developers or producers, except for huge exceptions like uh, Shigeru Miyamoto or like Hideo Kojima. It, It pretty much is just a faceless Organization, So it's nice to know these small projects get handled by honest-to-goodness living, breathing people who are struggling in the same way that a lot of us are struggling, trying to fulfill their hobby. One of the things, one of the trends rather, that I saw throughout the event was local competitive multiplayer. Probably a lot of you out there have played Smash Brothers, or even a few of you have played games like Towerfall or Samurai Gun. This genre has really exploded over the past year or two, and there were... 15, if not 20, games that fit into this uh, genre. I got to play a few of them. Some of the ones I played were uh, Swordy, which was a game where everyone has uh, a medieval weapon, like a sword or an axe, and you have to rotate the analog stick to generate movement and enough force to actually make an attack. I played uh, Gunsport, which was a type of volleyball or soccer-style game where you're using guns to shoot the ball back and forth across two sides of a net and omnibus kind of a a pretty deliberate attempt to harken back to like playstation one graphics with a set of up to four buses trying to ram into each other and knock each other over so they weren't able to drive anymore and i did enjoy these games uh it was really fun getting in there playing with you know strangers and bonding a little bit with them even for just a few minutes and it was especially cute that omnibus they didn't have a dedicated uh station on the floor rather threadless is warehouse they have skateboard ramp. And we played on part of the halfpipe while the actual game was put up on a projector on the other half of the half pipe, And that was about as indie as I'm ever going to get. I, I probably should retire from being indie after that. And while I did appreciate those games, I, I was more intrigued by some of the oddball designs I saw. This was A case where perhaps you might never see these games outside of this kind of environment because it would be simply impossible to produce them in this fashion elsewhere. For example, there was maybe the longest line of any game was for butt-sniffing pugs, which featured a pair of giant tennis balls as the controllers. Now, from what I understand, the game will be released later, but the controllers obviously would be impossible to reproduce on your own. And it really did enhance the game to use this giant tennis ball to move your pug around. What also helped was that it wasn't, strictly speaking, a competitive game, even though it had two people playing at the same time. There was no real objective. It was just to take your little doggy and move him around this park and just see what you could find. See what kind of experiences you could unearth, what objects you could interact with. And I really appreciated the pace of that kind of game, where something as simple as, getting the player I was with to try and catch the frisbee that we were throwing back and forth to each other. That that became a joy and a, and a fun thing to do without any instruction by the game itself. It was just something we discovered on our own, and that enhanced that experience for us. Uh, obviously, a lot of games are helped by having an objective, but in this case, it was really refreshing not to have one. Perhaps, well, not perhaps, my favorite game, though, had to have been what was called the Choositron. Now, the Chusatron was this little box that appeared roughly the size of like a credit card machine and only had four buttons on it and when you go up to it you can start there's a paper roll and it's printing out text on the paper roll for you and it lets you choose from up to four different choose your own adventure text-based games and so when you make your choices when you follow your branching path it's printing out the choices as you make them and then once you're done you get to tear off Your piece of paper as though it was a credit card receipt and you get to keep it. Your story is physical and material and you have it for yourself and I just, I don't know if that's necessarily practical but I I just thought that was so cool, that idea of not only having that memory in your head but you can actually share what it was like for you as you went down this path with other people which, so infrequently you can do that in regular games usually it's kind of a you had to have been there thing if you weren't watching at the time it's kind of pointless to try and recreate the experience, but here with this actual literal story in front of you, you can give it to the other person and you can see the how you got from A to F on these stories. I was really happy to get my own copy of my adventure and have it find, find it at the end telling me that I should watch more Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. I didn't need to be encouraged to do that, but it did reaffirm some of my life choices. Uh, while, I really did have a good time. The only problem I had with the festival was it seemed to have been a victim of its own success. As I mentioned earlier, there were lines, lines for every game. So sometimes it could take 10 to 15 minutes just to get up and play the game once before you had to either move on or get back in line. And really, it would have been, I think, better for everyone if they had more chances to play these games. If you moved around enough, there was a chance to play something, usually somewhere. But if you wanted to play a particular game, you were usually in for a wait, especially in the games I mentioned, which were fairly popular. So I I don't know necessarily how you would fix that. Um, It seems like they pretty much maxed out the space in the warehouse, and it may not be easy to make additional copies of some of these games. Some of them were running on PCs that had been donated, so that might be a little easier to recreate elsewhere, but it might be a logistical problem they'll have to tackle for future events. With that said, though, I think they did the best they could With what they had and i really think everyone there was having a great time myself included chicago is a city where a lot of art is created i mean it's created on stage Uh, i mean you see theater you see improv you see i mean even stand up these are performance pieces and one thing i like to carry the banner for is that games can be more than just a way of finding leisure there there's more to them than that and i don't know that these games necessarily pushed The medium forward, but they're a step in the right direction. Games that aren't motivated necessarily by being as profitable as possible. They're about seeing what you can do differently with games that hasn't already been done before. And I'm always encouraged when I see signs of that, and I hopefully can find more of that or experience more of that here in Chicago. And with that, uh, let me take you now to the main topic for this week, which is a couple more independent games we played recently. Uh, Cliff and I were able to play these live and in person, and then uh, record and reflect on our experiences. These are Hot Date and Sonic Dreams Collection.
1: still in my living room
0: we're still here <laughs> we wanted to put out more episodes that we've recorded he <laughs> <laughs> couldn't see but he did air quotes when he said
1: recorded we recorded
0: <laughs> yeah uh, so just because we had the opportunity to be here in the same place we wanted to try out a couple smaller games that might not require their own episode mm-hmm. we wanted to see and experience and See what they're about.
1: Yeah, and it's actually nice that we were able to sit down and experience these weird, bizarre games at the same time. Because the interesting thing is, like, you always think that, oh, if you're doing a video game, you're just, like, you're looking at it, you're writing down notes, and you're like, oh, okay, interesting. We played both of these games, we just kind of sat in silence watching (laughs) what was happening. (laughs) So... That was it. Uh, so the first game we did was uh, Hot Date. That's
0: right. And to find this, we recommend you Google Hot Date. And uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: that's, that's pretty much just Google Hot Date, and it'll come up. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, it came out this year, I think. Yes, it came out in 2015.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a uh, free to play game. You you can offer a suggested donation, but you can get it for free for uh, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Mm-hmm. And it is a dating simulator. Mm -hmm.
1: However, you are dating, in this case, a pug. Yeah, you're dating, like, a dog. A pug dog. Mm -hmm. And all it is, is just, it's like a static shot. It's just you at a table. Uh, There's a candle uh, going, and there's the dog sitting across the table from you. Uh, There's nice music playing in the background, which I actually commented on. I thought the music was great. You were up on the music, yeah. I was totally in for it. I mean, it was very, very simple, but it was good. Sorry I keep hesitating, because I keep burping. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Burps are god's way of saying hey you should talk more um but yeah you just sit across from the table with this dog and uh, the dog asks you what your name is and then uh a bunch of like options for questions that you can ask the dog show up and uh you just have a nice romantic evening they did a good job of writing
0: a lot of different conversation trees uh so you can ask a bunch of different specific questions Mm -hmm. then there are also some general questions that you might ask on a first day like Mm -hmm. What do you do for a living? How are you feeling right now? Stuff like that. Yeah, I
1: think it starts It starts pretty like uh, general. Like it's like, are you from around here? Where did you grow up? What do you do for a living? All that, you know, the basic stuff. And then it goes into the, there's five words that are on the side, like what, do, have, are, et cetera. And those lead into questions that just start with those words. And so you can pick a bunch of different things, which I guess is just a condensed way of putting all the questions in the same spot instead of making a huge list. Um, and then you go from there. And, uh, you pick something and they give a response and sometimes they'll ask you a question back and you can type in your answer. Um, I asked them, I said, what is your biggest fear? And they said the vastness of space. And then, uh, they said, what's your biggest fear? And I just typed in the vastness of space again. And they were like, oh, come on. At some point you have to grow up. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, so, uh, they'll say things back to you. Sometimes they'll say things back, you know, uh, in repetitive ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's lots of different options for responses that they have.
0: Yeah. And, and with that exception aside, the, the, whatever algorithm they use to determine, like, what response you get seems, uh, pretty intuitive. It's, mm-hmm. it's trying to throw a bunch of different things at you. And it does do a pretty good job of imitating the
1: awkwardness of a first date. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because you'll say, you'll ask a question and they'll give a response and it's kind of like, accurate or maybe you can try and gauge the dog's response as well sometimes the dog looks like it's really into it sometimes it looks like it's playing it cool or it's just disinterested <laughs> but i don't think there was a moment i think it was on the second date when uh, the dog went from like looking interested to looking totally disinterested and i was like oh great i messed something up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's totally um but it's uh it's it's cute it's uh it's cute it was i was a tad frustrated by it because i was thinking like you'd go through like Five or six dates, and then it would say, "Who would you want to see again?" or something, and you get to. Even though it's all written on, um, but uh, yeah, it is unfortunately a little,
0: little more limited than that. But as a game that is free and you know i would recommend you you know carve out 10 to 15 minutes to give it a try see what it's like yeah because it's
1: it's certainly entertaining and i mean it's it's nice to see that they're exploring like interactions with the player with the character and that there's so many different options that they have um it's i i would argue that it's linear and non-linear at the same time because you can pretty much ask them whatever you want um and there are pre-written sort of responses although you could get a bunch of different responses for the same question well i
0: think what you're seeing is that the more that games become segmented and the more accessible they become for more and more developers worldwide? You can take these uh, single components of games and make them their own experience. Uh, in this case, this kind of dialogue tree might be a part of a bigger game under normal circumstances, like dating as far back as like The Curse of Monkey Island mm-hmm. or stuff today, like you know Dragon Age or mm-hmm. Mass Effect. But here, you can just take pull this component out and really polish it a little bit, and make it its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a game per se. It's, it's like, 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 like we said, an experience, but yeah, it can stand true. alone.
1: Yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's more of like a, a, you know, like they'll make tech demos to show like the graphical capabilities that certain systems can have. This is more like a, this is a gameplay demo, right? This is a possibility for different things that you could do. Um, it's very straightforward. They don't actually have like a voice actor who's saying all the lines that the dog would be saying. Um, but it's still, it's showing a lot of different options. And it's got the ambience as well. And it all ties in pretty nicely. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm still not certain if the dog is supposed to be a boy or a girl. I don't think it really matters. Because it's a dog. But, um, it's, uh, you have blue text and the dog has pink text. So I think you're, it's assuming you're a guy and the dog is a girl. Um, I put in a girl's name a couple of times just to see if it would change how things happen to see. So maybe it's supposed to be gender ambiguous. Cause I'm, I don't know. It's, it could be a male dog or a boy dog. Or a, a male dog or a boy dog, is what I said. Yeah. Or a girl dog. But I don't think One of, of those matters. three. One of those <laughs> yeah. three. One of those three. It's either a boy, a male, or a girl. Um, a boy, a male, a boy boy. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be any one of those. Or a boy. It could be a boil. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, it was, entertaining. Uh, it was uh, you know, very short-lived. I don't know if it's the kind of game that you would necessarily go back and do again. It's more just like a curious, uh, I don't know, like a single serving sort of game, I would say.
0: I would agree. Uh, if you ever were able to be on Newgrounds.com and you played any of those Flash games when you were in like high school and when you should have been doing some research on the school library computer, then <laughs> it's that same kind of thing written large. It's a, it's a bigger, yeah. slightly bigger, slightly more robust
1: experience. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Definitely give it a shot um because it's uh, it's cool and we were
0: looking to make just like a uh, recording based on that but because mm-hmm. it, it did come up a little short we wanted to also talk about sonic dreams collection yeah so this one is uh, <laughs> uh this
1: one is super bizarre like i don't even know what to start with here. i guess the storyline uh what's the name of the company arcane kids or something like that the company is yeah arcane kids yeah so they made this collection of what looks like it's a bunch of different unreleased sonic games uh, I guess the story goes that they found this, like, Dreamcast developers kit, and it had a bunch of Sonic games on it that were unreleased. And so they found them and released them now. Uh, but from, like, when you start immediately, it's super clear that it's not uh, actually a thing that was released. <laughs> there's no way these could be unreleased Sonic games. Um, so basically, it takes you into this first menu, and there's four different games uh, that you can play. Uh, some of them are actually games and some of them are not really games uh so the first one is something like i think it's called make my sonic or something like that yeah um and it's pretty much just you see uh, there's a model of sonic and you can like change the size of his head or where his arms are going or his legs you can change the color you can throw a ring at him lazily you can change the color of the background uh, you can change the camera and like take pictures of it and that sort of stuff it's like a super super lazy like design your own character page uh i would i would hardly even call it a game it's more bizarre than anything
0: it's a little goofy at that point uh but nothing you know you, w- you wouldn't find i mean like even the beginning of Mario 64 is you pulling on Mario's face so that n- nothing you haven't seen before i would say
1: yeah that's true that sounds like it's uh it's pretty accurate uh that's a pretty accurate reference to what it actually is. It's just pretty much that Mario thing just uh, happening again. Um, but then there are more games. That's only the first Yeah, one. that's only the first one. There's four. So the next one is something called Eggman Origins. And Eggman Origins, as far as we could tell, it just says that it was supposed to be an MMO. But then you click, like, start, and it just says, like, there's no network connector or something. And yeah. that's pretty much it. That's all there is there for Eggman Origin. I like.
0: I guess there might be more to it than that that we didn't see. But didn't see. as far as I could tell, we loaded it up. It's just like you need a network adapter, and you click around a little bit, mm-hmm. and that was
1: it. So yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? They uploaded. I'm watching this video right now, and the person uploaded their sonic from the make my sonic and then they were able to actually play the Eggman origins game that's what they're doing right now well well we totally missed that because <laughs> we didn't upload it uh for the make my sonic uh but it wow that looks super bizarre we're gonna have to go back and try that again
0: we will I, it would be disingenuous of us to talk about it right now but we will be
1: going back to check that because <laughs> what comes after this was really was Weird. also super, super bizarre. Uh, so the next thing down is the Sonic Movie Maker. <laughs> and uh, so it puts you in a bunch of different situations. You walk around in like a first-person perspective, and you have to find a video camera, and then you can record like a six-second movie in some like archaic, it looks like the old like uh, the Movie Maker, I forget what it was called, what was the Windows Movie Maker thing? I don't no, remember. don't know. There was it was some old like uh, make your own movie studio I don't remember movie studio something it had movies. Marky it had Mark a... make my music video that was what it was. <laughs> That's what I was missing. Uh, but anyway, you just walk around and there's a bunch of different situations. You'll see like Sonic characters. The first one Bill played it and Sonic was trapped underneath a car and then Bill yeah. just kind of filmed that for six minutes. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, or six seconds rather. And, uh, then after that, it'll just have you jump around. As soon as you film your six second movie, you're supposed to find the exit. And then it goes to like this viewing party and people are like, wow, what a great movie. And it'll take you to the next area. Uh, and I guess there's some sort of storyline progression because you go from like having a party to going to prom to going to prom night and then you're pregnant or Sonic is pregnant actually. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but actually in between prom night and being pregnant, there's a scene where Sonic's on like this hospital table and you're force feeding him food and he gets fatter and fatter and fatter. And then you go to the hospital naturally. And then you are a baby and you're born and you're in a crib. It's a, it's a very bizarre progression. And at each of these,
0: uh, story beats, you are constructing another six second movie and then you take it out and it goes to like a shot of a movie theater with all the characters and they're like, we love it one
1: of them says like tour de france (laughs) (laughs) it's a tour de france um yeah so that's really super bizarre and it looks as though there's like other like side quests or things you can do in it too we found one of the egg monster things at some point and it said i need a ring or can you spare a ring and bill went back up and like found a ring and dragged it back down to him and nothing happened
0: he did say the the egg guy did say pro-life
1: Oh, yeah, that's what it said. There was a speech bubble that came up that said pro-life. So I guess you could have dragged that speech bubble back up, <laughs> I guess, if you were really keen to make that commentary. Um, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to do that. Uh, so, yeah, that was weird. And then there was another one. Yeah, there's the last one. It's My Roommate Sonic. And so it starts in yours, it's again, first person perspective, uh, but it's done in a weird way so that you move no that's not a weird way i was gonna say it's done in a weird way you move the mouse and the camera moves that's not weird (laughs) that's how first person perspective is done um but uh you're on the couch and sonic is on the couch to the left of you and your phone buzzes and it says have you told your roommate how you feel and then uh uh if you say no or yes or something it says i'm watching you just follow your lead and you look out the window and dr Eggman is there and he's watching you and gives you the thumbs up (laughs) And then you're supposed to reach over and try and tickle Sonic. And if you tickle him enough, then he kind of turns into his like spinning ball real rapidly. And uh, then it says your phone says, go for the kill. And you take off his shoe and tickle his foot. And, and then, rings fly out everywhere. Uh, yeah. yeah, rings fly out. And then he like leans in towards you and it's his, uh, stare deep into his eyes, but then his eyes like merge together into one big eye and it sucks your phone into it. It's really super weird. <laughs> it, it's, i I mean, there are some bizarre things out there.
0: Uh, yeah. This is one of them. Yeah, this is one of them. It's super, super bizarre. I, I think saying anymore would take away from what you can experience by finding the game
1: yourself that's true although we have said a lot of what happens in it we yeah. pretty much described it except for the eggman unleashed or the eggman origins because we just did not get that at all right yeah so that was weird
0: i uh, just you know like there's there's a big sonic fandom even to this day in spite of uh, a series of shaky video game releases and mm-hmm. this just kind of feels like it's teasing that with like these really bizarre weird not not good ideas and like (laughs) it's got all the the characters it's got sonic in it but then it has the whole cast in there like you see you'll see shadow the Mm -hmm. hedgehog in there you'll see Mm -hmm. amy you'll see tails Mm -hmm. and it like splices in their audio clips from different games in the background not like they won't say them on cue it'll just like loop them throughout the (laughs) whenever when you're in the level Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah it's uh yeah very very bizarre <laughs> and, and like I, I there is a kind
0: of a there's like a fan fiction community and deviant art community around these characters and making your own hedgehogs and making your own like hedgehog universes and i, I can't help them. this might be teasing that idea with these very very strange real life-ish situations <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it is super strange uh but you know what? It's it's weird, but it's you know it's uh, it's entertaining, I guess. I mean, you can see performances, or you can see comedy scenes, or things like that that are super, super bizarre. That I guess maybe make you go back and re-examine what was actually happening. I guess that's what's happening here. And I say that's a big I guess because I still don't really get it. <laughs> but uh, all I can say with certainty is that it's bizarre.
0: Like like there is a weird entertainment space where people are creating things that are are weird and strange and they appear on a superficial level like other forms of media you've consumed but they're not intended for entertainment. They're just made for the sake of existing and if anyone gets them or watches them then I'm sure the creator is thrilled but otherwise they're (laughs) okay. They're ambivalent because they made the thing they wanted to make and I would say this falls in that category.
1: Yeah. Yeah, certainly.
0: Like uh, their previous game was Bubsy 3D. Bubsy visits the James Terrell retrospective. <laughs>
1: yep. Uh, Bubsy 3D being, I guess, the uh, final installment of the Bubsy games, which was released. It was on the PlayStation,
0: right? That's right. That's it, it was in the 90s. Yeah,
1: notoriously terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I, now I haven't played the Bubsy 3D James Tyrrell retrospective. So have you played it? You I have, have not played it. <laughs> do you have any idea what it is?
0: Uh, what I'm aware of is that you do take Bubsy through... Like some, some
1: uh, museum pieces. Well, let's let's read this description because we're on the site right now. And it says, uh, "Bubsy, uh, okay, Bubsy 3D. Bubsy visits the James Turrell Retrospective is a, is an web-based edutainment experience produced by Arcane Kids. Explore your relationship with art as you guide Bubsy through a realistic recreation of the James Turrell Retrospective at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art." After you, after you have played Bubsy 3D and understand art a little better, Arcane Kids encourages you to go visit an art museum in your area and quit video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have to play this eventually. <laughs>
0: same, same. And, and this website is modeled after a, a late 90s website that you might find on GeoCities or uh, AltaVista or any of those. Uh, yeah. AltaVista was a search engine,
1: not a website host. Regardless. Uh, a <laughs> <laughs> late Still, 90s website. Yeah, that's of stuff. Oh, it's just... it's terrible like animated gifs and it's just everything looks like it's written in terrible comic sans uh it oh it looks it looks great (laughs) it it does
0: it it, it might not be beneficial i mean we encourage you to check these out but if you feel like you've already gotten the gist of from this podcast we understand just the idea that people are out there doing this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i mean just like in your city you might go and see a show uh, that's completely off-the-wall or original, you you can be the ones that, that find these things mm-hmm. and have an experience that no one else has had.
1: Yeah, yeah, you certainly can. It certainly <laughs> seems that way. Uh, so, yeah. So, I would recommend checking out Hot Date, and I would also recommend checking out the Sonic Dreams collection as well, because uh, they're both, as far as we're concerned, they're both free-to-play. I mean, you can throw a few dollars at the Hot Date people. Um, I don't know if you have that option with the Sonic Dreams collection, but uh, then again, at the same time, I don't know if I would pay money for <laughs> it.
0: I probably would not pay money, but I, I was entertained for its uh, free price. Yes,
1: yeah, no okay. kidding.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's free. Oh, I'm disappointed in this.
1: Yeah, but it was free,
0: so. While we're on this topic, I'll also mention Uh, you might want to check out uh, Frog Fractions. I mentioned it a few times before. Uh, I can't really say much about the actual game without giving away the entire experience, but if you go and play Frog Fractions, then I believe you will be.
1: Yeah, I think I've played Frog Fractions. I'm pretty sure I've played it. It was very
0: not, not trying to be coy. If you Google frog fractions, yeah. it'll be out there. It, you, once you get it, yeah, you know, like you'll understand why we. I mean, it, there's a twist,
1: yeah, yeah, it's good. All right, so I think that's uh, that's uh, it for uh, for this uh, this episode uh, abridged because... episode, mm-hmm. micro episode, yeah.
0: Uh, as always, just uh, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at so many bits. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr, at SoManyBits. Subscribe to us on iTunes, or listen to us on SoundCloud. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other podcasts. Support independent art, the spirit of Delacruz. You can end this strongly this time? Alright.